0: Hi there, I'm Cindy Linden, and this is the Cook Along Podcast. Last week, in anticipation of doing today's recipe, I did a quick bite podcast called White Chocolate. I'm going to suggest that you might want to listen to that first before listening to this, but it's not necessary. It's just a little extra information on one of the ingredients we're going to use, Another recommendation I'm going to make, and this one you actually might want to do, is another quick bite podcast called Better Cookies because we're going to make blueberry white chocolate chip cookies. And there are some tips about how to make your cookies work better and be their best cookie in that podcast, which you can find on my website, thecookalongpodcast.com. And I know you can also find it in your podcast feed for the Cookalong Podcast. Just scroll down a little bit. It wasn't too long ago. You'll find both of them and can listen to them if you like. Today's recipe was scouted out in an effort to find a way to use the huge quantities of fresh blueberries we got on our bushes this year. This recipe comes from a spicy perspective online via 12 tomatoes. This recipe uses two cups of them. That seemed as though it would make a significant dent in the amount that was coming into the house every day. So I made these up, and in doing so, as I mentioned in the white chocolate podcast, I had to do a little research. And again, you can listen to that there. I'm not going to go into it here, but you are going to hear some spoilers for that. After I made the cookies, I did last week's podcast about the white chocolate. And in doing that podcast, I learned some things about which chocolates I like. I'm getting way ahead of myself. Let's just start with the ingredient list. Again, blueberry white chocolate chip cookies you need 1 cup or 2 sticks of unsalted butter you need a cup of granulated sugar a quarter of a cup of brown sugar two large eggs a tablespoon of vanilla extract that's a lot and then an optional order of a teaspoon of lemon extract And I honestly haven't tried it that way, but I decided when I ate them the first time that that might be a really helpful brightening addition here. So I am going to try it. You can try it without first if you like. They are really good, even without the lemon. Two teaspoons of baking powder, a half teaspoon of salt, three cups of all-purpose flour, two cups of the fresh berries. Because we got so many, we had to freeze ours before they went bad. So at this point, I think I'm almost out of the fresh ones. I don't have anywhere near two cups in here. I have, oh yeah, I have maybe a third of a cup. So I'm going to get some of the ones out of our freezer, which may be easier anyway. So if you don't have fresh blueberries or don't want to go get fresh blueberries, I'm pretty sure that the frozen ones will work even better for a reason I'll explain when we get there. Anyway, two cups of blueberries and a 12 ounce bag of white chocolate chips. I want to give you the do-aheads before I give you the equipment because some of these you're going to have to do and then go away and wait for a little bit and so we might as well get that out of the way. The unsalted butter I mentioned needs to be softened at the risk of becoming egregiously self-promoting. This again I talk about in the Better Cookies podcast, there's a reason that you want the softened butter and not just cold butter, several reasons actually, and there are some tips about how to warm it up if yours is not softened enough. The word softened means you could press your thumb down into it and it would go pretty far down. It wouldn't be goopy, but it would go in more than just a tiny bit. The second thing is that while you're at it, you might as well set a couple of eggs out as well and bring them to room temperature. The third do ahead would be to line a baking sheet, which is obviously one of your pieces of equipment, with parchment paper, which is another of your pieces of equipment, and then preheat your oven to 350 to bake these. And I don't always bake them. In fact, I never bake any cookies all as a batch because I don't want that many baked finished cookies that I feel responsible for eating in my house at one time. I just make them into the ball of dough that would go on the cookie sheet and then I freeze them on a cookie sheet and then I take those frozen balls of dough and put them into a Ziploc bag so that I can cook up one or two cookies at a time Which is fabulous, not just because you don't have all those cookies tempting you to eat them, but also because it means that every time you eat a cookie, it's freshly baked. It's a fabulous idea. I strongly recommend that you consider doing that, unless you've got a big family who's helping you eat your cookies. Other equipment. A large bowl. An electric mixer. And that could be a hand mixer or a bowl mixer. A rubber spatula. And anytime you're baking cookies, you may want to transfer them after they've cooled for a bit on the cookie sheet to a wire rack. So, those are your equipments and your do-aheads. So, the first thing I am going to do today is cut up some chocolate because in my taste testing last week, I discovered that some of the things I like best in terms of kinds of white chocolate were in bar form, baking bar, or candy bar, actually not in chip form. So I have to do a little cutting here. The first one I'm cutting up is my favorite, which is, I know that's a spoiler, but it's from Private Selection, which is a Kroger thing called White Chocolate Blonde. And this is the first white chocolate I've ever tasted that I truly like. I like it enough to just eat it. I don't actually tend to like white chocolate. I find it... Uh, I find it a ridiculous concept. I'll just say that, and you can listen to my podcast about it if you want more information. At any rate, this I liked a lot, and so I've decided to use it. I mean, I did take a bite out of it when I was taste testing last week, so I do have this bar left over and need to use it anyway so that I won't just sit and eat it. And it started out as 3.5 ounces and I took a corner off of it so it's not quite that big. So I am now cutting it into smaller bits and then moving that off to a side of my cutting board here and getting out the second, which is also a bar. This is from Ghirardelli called Premium Baking White Chocolate. And it's beautiful. Wow, it's really beautiful. It's got the Ghirardelli imprint in the little squares. I haven't had it out of its package before. I just cut off a corner for the taste test last week. It's really gorgeous. So I should have told you the first one that I talked about, the white chocolate blonde, is actually a candy bar. It's not meant to be baked with necessarily, although you can always bake with candy bars. Sometimes you get better chocolate that way. I certainly feel that way about this bar. Its primary ingredient is cocoa butter. I think that's the reason it's so easy to cut. It's very easy to cut, and it doesn't shatter. You can feel its creaminess just in cutting it. She says putting a bite in her mouth just because it was there. This one, the Ghirardelli, the cocoa butter is the second ingredient. It may not cut quite as nicely, but let's see. Yeah, this is a little more brittle. And more likely to crack as I cut it. Indeed, that is what it's doing of the baking chocolates. This is the one that I liked the best, but I had some friends who disagreed with me on that. Yeah, this one is much harder to cut. By the way, the one I cut first is the only bar or chip or any form of white chocolate that I tried that had cocoa butter as the first ingredient. On everything else, it was the second ingredient after the sugar, including this one. So these may be a little bigger than chip size, but in a way that's kind of okay because this bar is 4 ounces minus the corner I cut off for the taste test, and I need 12 ounces. So between the three and a half and the 4, I do not have enough without supplementing with my third choice. Here, I'm going to put this in a bowl and find out how much I actually have. How about that? And I'm going to actually weigh it so that I am getting the 12 ounces, since I can't just dump in a bag. If you're using a bag of white chocolate chips or even just... (sighs) Okay. So a bunch of it just went on the floor. (laughs) I'll be back. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? Well, I don't know how much they weighed before that, but now I have 6.8 ounces, and I need 12. So I'm going to fill in with the kind of chips I used the first time I made this recipe, which is Whole Foods Market 365 brand called Mini White Chocolate, and they tasted good. I liked them in the cookies. The only thing is that they are so, so, so tiny that they tend to become part of the cookie dough rather than being things that stand out in their own right so I didn't want to use those this time or at least not exclusively but I'm trying to use up what I bought for my taste test some of which I gave away the rest of which I kept to use today so now I am measuring out the additional there we go 12 ounces 12.1 well, well, I guess an extra tenth of an ounce isn't going to hurt the cookies, is it? So, the floor thing you know it happens it happens even to professional cooks. Stuff goes on the floor, <laughs> you know, I remember a Thanksgiving, oh golly, my mother will kill me if she hears this. I remember a Thanksgiving where you know how hard it is to get a turkey out of the oven, right well. <laughs> One year we had company, and uh, my mother was taking the turkey out of the oven, and it was large, and it was heavy, and it was slippery, and it slid onto the floor, <laughs> and She she picked it up, and kind of, you know, wiped it off, and brushed it off a little bit, and put it on the platter. Actually, my sister and I were both in the room. She looked at us and said, don't tell anybody, <laughs> so that... That became one of those family uh, uh, sayings. You know, everybody's got family sayings from their own personal family history. That was one of ours. That if you drop something on the floor, just don't tell anybody. So I shouldn't have told you, I guess, that I spilled all that on the floor. Too late now. So I have now a bowl of what looks like an enormous amount of chocolate chips. Gosh, this looks like way more than 12 ounces, but I guess it isn't. I do not have to preheat my oven the way you do because I am using my toaster oven as I always do with cookies to just cook a few up so that we can taste them and get a nice picture of them to show you from the website the cookalongpodcast.com Oh and by the way, I would be I would be so grateful if you could find the time and the resources to just throw a dollar a dollar or even two dollars my way on Kofi. That's KO dash F I dot com slash the cookalong podcast. It would be really helpful to me to just know you're out there supporting me. If you have a moment, you could pause right now and go do that. Okay, now we need the electric mixer I told you about. We're gonna put the butter and uh, both sugars into that bowl. Mine, I got to confess, was frozen because I buy butter when it's on sale because it's so expensive now. I buy it when it's on sale and then put it in the freezer. And I usually remember to take salted butter out of my freezer on a regular basis to fill up my fridge, but not so much the unsalted. So then I start to do a recipe and it look and it says unsalted butter softened. And I think, okay, okay. So I've been playing with my microwave this time. And it'll be interesting to see what happens because on the outside, I can put an imprint with my thumb. However, I can tell the middle is still hard. I don't know how hard. We're about to find out. So I'm now adding the quarter of a cup of brown sugar, which is always packed, unless for some reason it tells you otherwise, you always push it down into the cup. And a cup of regular granulated sugar. I'm going to use the same measuring cup so as not to dirty another thing I have to wash. We don't have a dishwasher. So everything I cook here for this podcast, I do by hand. <laughs> now we're going to cream it together until it's light and fluffy, which it says is going to take three to five minutes. It may take longer than that because I have hard butter. Let's see what I got here. Uh, hmm. It's a little hard to tell, actually, but I do think one of them maybe isn't as... It's okay. It'll be all right eventually. You start it on low so it doesn't shoot everything out of the mixer. Should have said that a minute ago, huh? And then what you want to do is gradually increase the speed until you get it up to quite fast. And you want to actually let it cream for a while. It means it's turned a different color, that it's all one substance. There's no way to tell where the butter stops and the sugar starts. And it's a kind of a paler color and soft looking and fluffy looking and it takes longer than you think. Just keep going until you have what you think is right and come back to me when you get there. All right, now scrape the sides of the bowl with the rubber spatula that I told you to get out so that you can get everything down in the bottom all done off the sides maybe you did that already while you were trying to get it all fluffy but we're going to do it again so that we can add some things now now we're going to turn the mixer back on to low and add some stuff we're going to add the eggs which I'm pulling out of my bra yes you heard me right and if you want to know more you can listen to the podcast about better cookies And I'm just going to crack these in here and hope I don't get any shell. That is sometimes tricky, as I'm sure you probably know. Two eggs in there, one at a time while the thing's running. Okay, and then the vanilla, which is a whole tablespoon of vanilla extract, goes in there as well. Oh, she says, pouring part of it onto her kitchen counter. Yeah. This is one of those days, clearly. And here's where I'm going to add the quarter of a teaspoon of lemon extract. Actually, I'm going to smell it first and see if I really want that much in there. And I don't want it to be a major flavor here. I'm going to do a scant quarter teaspoon. This is the experimentation part, right? Let's see if I can smell it in there. Yeah, I think I can. I think I'm going to leave it at that. You can leave it out altogether if you want. And the baking powder goes in now. Two teaspoons. And the salt, which is a half a teaspoon. Now the next part... You may want to get everything measured for. If you don't already have your blueberries measured out and your white chocolate measured out, you probably want to do that. We're going to put the flour in. That's three cups of all-purpose flour, which, according to everything you've learned from me, you are going to put in by stirring the flour first so it's all fluffed up and aerated, and then use the spoon to scoop it into the cup Level the cup off with the handle of the spoon you're using. And then slowly pour it into the batter that you're mixing. This is where I get it all over my mixer every time. And we're going to do that again two more times. So there's my second cup. And I think that probably needs a minute here. Trying to work to incorporate it while I fill up my third cup. All right, yeah, I'm glad I didn't hurry through these. And then add the third cup. And then brush it down into the bowl from where it landed on the side of your mixer. Yeah, you can hear that my mixer is finding this more difficult. All right, I'm going to stop and scrape it down again. So that I get the flour that has gotten up on the side. Right now we're going to put the chocolate. uh, uh, Yeah, I feel weird even calling them chocolate chips. They're not chocolate chips. They're white chips. Now those are going in. Just dumping them all in and letting them blend into the mix. I'm going to have to lock my mixer head down. Those don't have to mix in for very long because they are incorporating pretty quickly. Now the tricky part. The blueberries have to go in there. We're supposed to gently fold them in. So I am not going to do that on the mixer because I have no control over it, right? I'm going to clean off the mixer blade. Oh, I just got a tiny taste of the dough. I'm not sure there's enough lemon in there to even taste. Ah, you know what? I'm going to put just a tiny smidge more. This is not when it's supposed to go in. Well, I'm going to try it. Just a teeny tiny... I mean, I think it maybe should have been a full quarter of a teaspoon. So I'm going to put the best I can estimate of the balance of that in here. It's still not very much, but I, like I said, I don't want it to be a prominent flavor, but I want to be able to taste the edge, and I think I'm really close to that. Do you know what I mean when I say that, tasting the edge? I want it there. I want it not exactly noticeable but I wanted to add some unknown something to the recipe. You know, that's noticeable, whatever. People may not know what it is, but they can taste that there's something. I don't think there's a word for that, but that's what I mean. So now I'm cleaning off the mixer blade and taking the bowl off the stand to over where I have my blueberries. The reason that I'm suggesting that... The frozen blueberries might actually work better than the fresh ones. The fresh ones, when I did it, worked fine. I had a couple that got squished in the process, but I really was surprised at how little that happened. But at the time, I was thinking, well, yeah, but what if you were using frozen ones, and then they wouldn't squish at all? So that's what I'm trying today, and you can see why I thought about it. These are really big blueberries, uh, and they're going now into the mix along with some little ice crystals, which happen to be blue because of the juice. So that may change the color of my cookies a little bit. And then just really kind of gently stirring them in. (laughs) Yeah, these are going to be more purple than my first batch was. The dough is really stiff, difficult to stir, but you want to get those blueberries as mixed in as you can without hurting them. And now that I'm thinking about it, the fact that they're frozen may be making it in some ways more difficult, easier not to smash the berries, but maybe it's chilling the dough and making it harder to manage. Whew. Well, this is a good upper body exercise. All right. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to call that good. hoo all right. Now one more stir because I just scraped all the dough off of the spatula and none of it had berries in it. So now I need to mix that into where the berries are. Alrighty now. If you're making these today, you definitely want your oven heating at this point up to 350 because you're about ready to bake them. We have to make them into cookies, you know, We have to shape them, but then they're going to be cookable. You're also about to need your baking sheet to have parchment paper on it. I use a silicone baking mat, which sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. For some cookies, it isn't so good because it uh, doesn't allow the bottom of the cookies to actually get cooked properly. This kind of cookie seems to do just fine with it. And since I'm only cooking a few and freezing the rest, it seems like a reasonable option. And you wanna get a tablespoon And scoop out kind of a heaping tablespoon. And try to get both dough and berries in that. And place it on your baking sheet. Parchment paper. And then do another one. You know how this goes. I don't have to tell you how to do this. They're going to go about two inches apart on your baking sheet. And once you have the round balls on there, you want to kind of flatten them down just a little bit. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to get. The berries in there, and not just the dough. And I imagine there'll come a point where it's hard to get any dough with the berries that remain, because they didn't mix in really, really well, and they squished anyway. For the record, they squished even though they were frozen. So I don't know that it helped any to use frozen ones. Seemed like a good idea at the time. I don't know that it really made a difference. So just flatten them a little bit before you bake them, and then you put them in your preheated oven. For between 11 and 12 minutes, they should be just starting to kind of turn a tiny, tiny, tiny bit golden on the edges. And then you pull them out and then you have to leave them to sit. Again, this is always the hardest part. They have to sit for five minutes on that cookie sheet, which means that in a way they're still cooking a little bit. And if you try to move them too soon, they won't be done and they'll be goopy. So leave them, set a timer so that you don't get them off too soon and then move them to your wire rack. I don't usually move them to a wire rack, because I've only cooked enough to eat at that moment in time, and I tend to eat them. But if you're trying to save yours for later, or for company, or for posterity, or for whatever, that's when to move them. Now, I haven't tried freezing these once they're baked. I don't know how that would go. If one of you does try that and gets an unexpected result that it doesn't work... I guess I'd like to know that so I can add that to the page notes in my website about the recipe. But now you get to go off and enjoy these. They really are yummy, yummy cookies, despite the white chocolate. The white chocolate is actually totally the right thing here. I'm excited to try them now with my choices of three kinds of white chocolate in here. I kind of think it's going to be extra special, and I'm looking forward to that. So I'm going to go enjoy mine as well. There'll be a new recipe here in two weeks and next week you can tune in to hear a quick bite story about fava beans. It sounds boring but it isn't, I promise. And until next time, happy cooking! A quick follow-up note. In trying to make these into cookies, I discovered that the frozen berries indeed are not at all better. In fact... I have just learned that frozen berries are always going to turn your food the color of the berries unless you rinse them really well because of something that is so logical that we don't even stop to think about it. When you freeze water, it expands. When you freeze berries, the water in the berries expands. And what that does is burst some of the cellular structure. That's not just on the inside, it's also on the outside, which means that The juice can leak out through the skin, which is why they sometimes look a little shriveled if they're frozen. And that's why they turn things the color of the berries, in this instance, blue. Interestingly enough, they make the dough harder, and that makes it more likely that these berries are going to squish. So I guess I really do recommend that you use fresh berries from the grocery store if you need to. Just because I think they must have more give to them. I don't know. I just know that these don't want to stir into the mix very well. And they squish when I try to encourage them to do so. So there you go. Learn something new every day.